The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. Today, while Pastor Jason is out of town, our youth pastor, Shane DeLisi, will be bringing us the Word of God. He's in Colossians chapter 3, looking at verses 1 through 4. In his sermon, he's entitled, Our New Life in Christ. Let's join Shane now as he brings us the Word of God. Here's Shane. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Rancho Baptist Church. Um, my name is Shane DeLisi, one of the pastors here, oversee missions and youth. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a delight serving the body here uh, at Rancho. Um, it's a privilege to be bringing the word this morning. And so if you don't have a Bible with you, there's one in front of you. You guys can grab that. Um, but first, I want to draw your attention to the welcome card in your bulletin. I don't have it in my hand, but if someone can just wave it for me. Thanks. There you go. Not the whole bullet. Yep. Your welcome card. Just let us know if this is your first time, second, third time visiting with us this morning. Make sure you fill that out so we can uh, get to know you a little better. But also, if you've been coming to Rancho Baptist Church, you call Rancho Baptist Church your home. We'd love to be praying for you. And so on the back side of that welcome card, you can fill out prayer requests. Um, we pray for you guys throughout the week, and uh, we love that. Um, and then also, if you haven't heard, we're doing something, I think they're called... Um, Community groups, that's what they are, and uh, you guys will find one of these, I think, in your bulletin. If not, out at the hub, you guys can fill one of these out. My prayer, our prayer as a staff, elders, pastors, is that uh, at least, well, our prayer, of course, is 100% would be involved in community groups, uh, just because of practicing the one another's. You know, what Sundays quickly come and go. You can come here on a Sunday, you can sit in the back, jet out quickly, and you're not growing in, in, the, in the body. You're not serving. You're not being a part of what's going on here. Community groups are a huge way for that, for you guys to get plugged in and involved. And uh, so fill one of these out and get that. You can turn that in at the hub um, and go from there. I think it's all for announcements. If we had announcements, right? Thanks, Brad. Um, Hey, just on a personal note, uh, my family and I have been blessed to be here a little 12 and a half years at Rancho Baptist Church. It'll be 13 years this June. I just want to say um, thank you uh, for loving me and my family well. Um, we, we are blessed to be a part of this family and body. Um, and uh, God, is, God is so good to us. Um, we, we feel that weekly. And uh, we're excited to be part of a church family that loves the Lord, loves His Word, um, and loves the, the gospel. And we're thankful for that. And uh, Katie and I were just reflecting more and more, just going, wow, Lord, you have us here at Rancho Baptist Church. We are a blessed, blessed family um, to be here with you all. Um, Pastor Jason has been gone this past week. I think he's coming home Monday or Tuesday. I think him and his family are getting away to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, just a, a good time. Enjoy that time away. Um, so be praying for them. And uh, in the past weeks, we're, we've been going through Acts. We've seen that uh, this is a, this is Christ's church. Uh, Jesus Christ is building His church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen to that. Um, and as Pastor Jason has been leading us through the book of Acts, we've been seeing a, a few things, how Christ... God causes the growth in His church. God causes the sweet fellowship. And He also purifies the church and grows the church. And guess what? 
the church will be suffering, right? For standing up for the truth of God's word, we will be called to suffer. And I was even reminded by Pastor Eric this morning while we were praying that um, the church all around the globe, the universal church of Christ, those who have put their faith in Christ alone for salvation, they're not enjoying the freedoms like we have here. Um, the church is being persecuted. Christ's church is, is under heavy persecution for proclaiming the truth of his word. And uh, what we see here, even in the book of Acts, uh, that we've seen is that these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ have been raised with Christ. They are new creations in Christ. And uh, just a, a little insert here of a sermon. We're going to go through Colossians 3, 1 through 4 this morning. And uh, we want to look at our, our new life with Christ. What does that mean that we have this new life with Christ? And we'll, we'll look at six questions in your bulletin this morning. There are six questions in that sermon outline. As we study Colossians 3, 1 through 4. But before we do that, before we look at Colossians 3, um, turn in your Bibles, or I have it up here on the screen, 2 Peter 1, 16 to 21. This has just been something that's been an encouragement and challenge to me. We live in, an, in a world right now where experience is sought after more than God's Word. And I was just, just encouraged by the Word of God. You'll either look at it in the Bible that you have in your hands, uh, or up on the screen, Second Peter one sixteen to twenty one. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I've just been reminded of the precious gift that you and I have in our hands every day that we can open up God's Word. And you know what? Like I said, we live in such a culture today where people are seeking this personal experience with the Lord apart from God's Word. And I want to remind you this morning... That you guys have a more sure thing than even what Peter was saying when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, when he saw Jesus Christ transfigured before him in all his glory with Moses and Elijah talking with them. And Peter didn't know how to respond, right? Lord, this is good that we're here, right? You know, you and I have a more sure thing and that sure thing is the prophetic word of God that you hold in your hand. What a precious gift. And so we come to the Word this morning because the Word instructs us, it challenges us, it encourages us. We say, Lord, we don't know where we, we would be without Your Word. You revealing Yourself to us, we don't know where we'd be. And Deuteronomy 8.13 says, Man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
That's how we want to be living our lives as believers. Um, on the firm foundation of Christ and His Word. Now we can turn to Colossians chapter 3 in your Word. Now that we know that we have a more sure thing, in, even in our hands, that, that God's Word would be a treasure to us, much more precious than even gold. Colossians 3, 1-4, let's read that this morning. Follow along with me in your Bibles. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And the title of the sermon this morning, you guys saw in your bulletin, Our New Life with Christ. Would you pray with me this morning before we get into the Word? Father, we thank You so much that we have a more sure thing. Your prophetic Word given to us, Lord. Your special revelation. Lord, You revealing Yourself to us. Father, we pray that You would give us ears to hear, hearts and minds to understand, and to apply Your Word to our lives as we go away from this place, Lord. May we go away changed and encouraged. Lord, would Your Holy Spirit do the work in our hearts that only You can do. So, Lord, lead us and guide us. We thank You so much for the firm foundation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. So in this book, to the church to the church in Colossae, you have Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing. And we see Paul's love for the church and wanting them to have a proper view of Christ. Even in chapters 1 and 2, Paul is speaking of doctrine, of who Christ is, of our glorious salvation in Christ, Paul combats low views of Christ and glorifies Him to His proper level. And and we're going to see this morning through chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, of the practical application of our new life with Christ. And when we have this new life with Christ, you are no longer your own. And we're going to see here later on, you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. And like I said before, we have six questions that will lead our time in the text. So the first question we will ask this morning is this. Have you been raised with Christ? Right? Verse 1, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And so the first question we're going to ask ourselves this morning is, have you been raised with Christ? Isn't that important for us to know? God's Word says, if then, you have been raised with Christ. Now, that is the if reality, right? If then. And and it should probably be translated since or therefore. Since, because it is already an accomplished fact. Isn't that great for us as believers? Since then, since you have been raised with Christ is literally what the Greek would say. This is, this is an already an accomplished fact for you and for me as His children. 
since you have been raised with Christ, an already accomplished reality. And these words remind us of Ephesians 2, 5 through 6. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? He raised us up with Him. We have this new life together with Christ. We've been made alive together with Him. And no dead person can resurrect himself, right? No dead person can resurrect himself. If a dead person is resurrected from the dead, it must be done for him. For him. Similarly, a person who is dead in sins cannot resurrect himself. If you are dead in sins, you cannot resurrect yourself. God must do it for him. I see a lot of people trying to resuscitate themselves, right? <laughs> Spiritually. We're trying to do more, do more, do more. When, when Christ says, God says, I can, I'm the only one who can make you alive in Christ. I'm the only one who can raise you up. Eternal life is a free gift of God to sinners who come God's way and trust in Jesus Christ alone to raise the dead. Conversion, spiritual birth, regeneration, spiritual resurrection is an act of God alone. Amen? No man can do it. No man can do it. God alone raises the dead. And God alone can give a man dead in trespasses and sins a new realm of spiritual life, this newness of life. And only God can cause us to be born again. I'll throw another question on to our first question. Have you been raised with Christ? It's not in your bulletin, but have you been born again? Have you been truly born again? Have you experienced a a spiritual birth and been spiritually regenerated? You must, if you would call yourself a Christian, have been born again. If so, then this statement in Colossians 3, verse 1, is about you. This fact is about you. Since you have been raised with Christ. It's a, it's a total reality for you and for me. You think about that. Have you already died? Think about it. That you have already died, right? We see that in Galatians, we see it in Romans, you died. And when did you die? At salvation. You died. You died. You were crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And Romans 6 4 through 7 says this, We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death. You died. I died. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. 
And we'll get to that later on this morning. We have this new life with Christ. So when you came alive in Christ, at the moment of your salvation, you came alive to the dimension of God's heaven. Your, the blinders were fully removed. The reality of heaven, of who God in His, in His glory and His splendor was revealed to you through Christ. You literally, your mind was open to understand God and what God desires and what God wills for your life. That's huge for us as, as Christians. Now you died with Christ and you rose with Christ. Don't forget that. Don't forget that from the moment of your salvation, you entered into a new life with Christ. I cannot say that enough this morning. To encourage you. You are living eternal life, which is a quality and a dimension of life that only God can give. Only God can give that. And so the moment you became a believer, you were raised with Christ, you live His resurrection life, and that's why Paul says in Philippians 3.20, I love, oops, love this scripture, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. Your, the most important citizenship that you have is not the United States of America. Your loyalty to your country here physically on this earth does not come before your new citizenship in heaven. You're a pilgrim passing through. We long for a greater heavenly country, a greater heavenly city, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God Almighty. You are now citizens of heaven. And I love that. Which leads us to our next question. If you have been raised with Christ, are you seeking the things above? Right? If your citizenship now is in heaven... And yet God still has us here on this earth living for His glory now and for His praise. Are you seeking things above? And are you seeking things above where Christ is? Seated at the right hand of God in a place of glory and honor and power. Seeking Him. Seek those things which are above. And literally here in the text, it's talking about be seeking those things which are above continually continually growing in seeking things that are above. That's why, hopefully, Lord willing, when you came to Christ, your life looks a lot different now. What you think about, what you watch, what you put into your the ears, right? What you listen to, what you put into through the windows of your soul, your eyeballs. It's a lot different, hopefully. You're growing. You're continually seeking the things above. You make it a pattern of your life to be preoccupied with heaven. This isn't some type of mystical process where God is inviting us to be spaced out spiritually, to empty our minds. It's further from the truth. You're to be filling your minds with Scripture, with the things that the Lord loves, with who He is, with worship, through, through song, with prayer. We're to be filling our minds, seeking things that are above. Let your preoccupation with heaven govern your earthly responses. Right? 
Our minds need to be seeking the eternal rather than the temporary things of this world. Hopefully you guys are writing some of these scriptures down. First Chronicles 22.19 Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. That's what He's called us to as Christians. Now set your mind and your heart to seek the Lord your God. Second Corinthians 4 verse 18 As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, are temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Where, where is our mind at? What are we seeking? Are you seeking the things above? Now I'm going to give you even more practice. You know what it means to think on heavenly things. You can't just think about heaven, what the city looks like, right? Oh, look. Here's what heaven looks like. The streets of gold. I'm here. I'm having my mind set on things above. Right? No, you must be thinking about who is there. God Almighty. The one who sits at His mighty right hand. Jesus Christ, our Savior. You're having your mind set on things above because that's where God is. You're having your mind set on on your Savior, Jesus Christ. And since you have this reminder, you also have a responsibility. He says, continue to seek the things that are above. Continue to seek after me, Jesus says. Continue to seek the things that are above. Wouldn't it be great to see things and people and events the way that Jesus sees them? Wouldn't that be great? I make that a common prayer of mine throughout different days. Lord, may I see people as you see them? May I love people as you would love them? We entered into the heavenlies when we were saved. God says, you are mine. But you know what happens? We have a hard time keeping our minds on things above, don't we? Don't we get so consumed with the world down here? I mean, we get preoccupied with how much money we have. Right? How much toys we have. Preoccupied with how, what our houses look like. Keeping up with the Joneses. Not Mike and Virginia Jones. He knew we were going to say that as he raised his hand right before I said it. But you're keeping up with those around you going, well, they have that. I got to have it too. Right? We are concerned with what our clothes look like. Whether we are keeping up with the society around us. We are tempted to think like the world does, right? And God says, I want you to be constantly seeking things that are above. Matthew 6.33 talks about this. But seek first the kingdom, Jesus says. Kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. What were all these things in Matthew 6? Food, clothing, the things of this world will be given to you. God says, how much more do I care for you? Right? Have your mind set on things above. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And we also saw this again in First Chronicles twenty-two nineteen. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Are you doing that? Are we doing that? And are we doing it together as a church? What are things above? To seek the things which are above. 
the spiritual values that are embedded in the heart of the glorified Christ. Realities like tenderness. Are we growing? Are we seeking the things above where Christ is and who He is and becoming more tender? Are we experiencing kindness, love, meekness, long-suffering, patience, wisdom, forgiveness, and most of all, love once again? These are the things of heaven. As you're seeking the things above, these are the things that will become just the outcome and the overflow of your time spent with the Lord and spending time in His Word. And as you have your mind set on things above, not the place of heaven, but on the person of Christ. Even in Colossians 3, 12-14, later on in that chapter that we're looking at this morning, he says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. These things will be manifest in our life as we are seeking things above. As we are spending time with the Lord. And so that leads us to our next question in your bulletin, sermon outline. Where is your mindset? Not only are you seeking things above, but God says, what are you thinking about? Are you seeking things above? And then in verse 2 here, he says literally in the Greek, keep on thinking the things above. Where your mind is at. You're seeking things above. Now be thinking on them. Be thinking on them. You not only seek heaven. But you think heaven. In other words. Your mind ought to be on heaven. How are you going to seek the things above? How am I going to seek the things above? Where is my mindset going to be? By thinking on the things above. And it's a simple thought, you guys. I like to keep things simple. It's a simple thought. Couldn't be any simpler. If you are really to seek the things above, you have to program your mind to think on those things. And these two terms are important in Paul's vocabulary. To seek and to think. And maybe the second term is the most important. To seek is one thing, but how to seek? To set your mind. To set your mind. And I really believe that this is the, the intellect, the mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think we need to know the things that God wants us to know, right? I think we need to understand the thing that God feels and thinks and wills by knowing the revelation that He has given us. Lord, I want to get to know You. That more sure word that we are talking about in Second Peter chapter 1. God says, I've given you Myself. And you have His Word right in your hand to be seeking and to be thinking on the things that are above. And let me give you a practical thought. By this time, you're probably saying, well, Shane, how do you get into the heavenlies, as it were? How do I have my mindset on things above? It's simple. It's simple. 
Be in the Word. Daily. Multiple times throughout the day. Be in God's Word. His living, active Word of God. I always dwell on heaven where Christ is when my mind is preoccupied with Scripture. When my mind is preoccupied with Scripture. Memorizing Scripture. Meditating on Scripture. Because the only thing that I know of God and the only thing I know of Christ and the only thing I know of the Holy Spirit and the only thing I know of their character and their value is what I have read here. God has revealed Himself to us in His Word. That's why Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ Dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Richly. Have God's word be dwelling in you. And so it is only as I reiterate in my heart and my mind these truths that God is actualized in my thinking. God, as I'm reading your word, may your word just sink deep into my heart and my mind that I might be thinking upon you and what's right and what's good and what's pleasing to you and then out of the overflow of my time with the lord now comes a life that is lived out in christ's likeness where i can be humble and meek and loving and patient with those around me especially in the body of christ and then that the this lost and dying world would see Jesus Christ now lived out in me and in you? That is what we need as we focus our attention and have our mindset on Christ. And so the Christian who has risen with Christ has a new focus. We have a totally new focus. There is a new focal point, and he has a new direction. It says, set your mind or, or even set your affections on things above. In verse 2 in Colossians 3. Not on the things on the earth. And then you back up to verse 1 again. Seek those things which are above where Christ sits. So in other words, the preoccupation is with Christ. The preoccupation is with Christ. Look at Second Peter 1, 3-4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. And God has given us Himself through His Word. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His very precious and very great promises. And where are His precious and very great promises? In His Word. His sure and prophetic Word. That's where our mindset needs to be. May God's glorious, precious promises found in His Holy Word lead and guide our seeking Him and our thinking on things above and having our mindset in heaven. Get your practical life up there, right? Lord, may You just, every morning, bring my mind and my heart upon the things of heaven, upon the things that please You. As I dive into Your Word, may You transform me by the renewing of my mind. And have the confidence to know 
that what you seek truly to satisfy you every day is up there. Is in your time with the Lord. In His very precious promises. Let's look now at at verse 3. Colossians 3, verse 3. Before we go to another one of our questions. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Next question is, is your life hidden with Christ in God, right? Since then you have been raised. Another question, is your life hidden with Christ in God? For you are dead, it says. For you have died, and what are you dead to? You're dead to what? To sin. Galatians 6.14 But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I mean this is, guys you read through Paul's letters you, this is very you're going to hear this a lot from Paul. You have died. You've been crucified with Christ. You've died. You've died. You've died. Now you've been made alive together with Him. You are dead to the system of this dead world, right? Your life is hidden with Christ in God. The reason that you should follow this admonition is because that is where you are alive. You're alive when you're hidden with Christ. You have an entirely new life. I love that thought. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. People have talked a lot about what that means. A lot of people have. And what does it mean to have your life hidden with Christ and God? It means that my life is wrapped up with Jesus Christ. God doesn't see me apart from Him. And God doesn't see Him apart from me. This is awesome, people. This is, this is like glorious good news. This means that my life is hidden with Christ and God and the idea of the hidden has hit me even this week. My new life with Christ is concealed from the world and this means the world is not going to understand me. (laughs) That this world is not my home. We've seen that already through Philippians 3.20. That this isn't the place I dwell. It's where we're living now, but this is temporary living This is not our final resting place. This is not our final dwelling place. I am just a pilgrim passing through on my way to my heavenly home. Another thing, if my life is hid with Christ in God, that's secure. That is secure. No one can snatch me from His hands. Isn't that such good news? Nothing can separate me from God's love. And when I think about the security that God offers... And God gives me Romans 8, 38 and 39, I rejoice in. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are secure in Him. And I love John 10, 28 and 29. I give them eternal life. Jesus speaking here. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. 
not only out of the son's hand, but out of the father's hand. You're doubly held. Your life is hidden with Christ. No one can snatch you out of his hand. What an amazing truth and promise from our great God. Look at Colossians. Verse four. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Next question on our outline is Christ your life. Is Christ your life? I like this phrase a lot. He is our life. And I've often said that Christ doesn't give life. He is life. He gives himself. When he appears at his second coming, we will be manifest with him in glory as well. You see that in verse 4. But I love this, this fact that Jesus is life. John fourteen six. you guys are very familiar. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said to her, speaking to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Ah, love that truth. And this makes me think, well, Lord, is Christ my life? Who is the center of your life? Seeing this illustration, just reading it this week. Ptolemy, you guys have heard of Ptolemy? Taught that the center of the solar system for years and years was was the earth. Right? And everything revolved around the earth. And for 1,300 years, that theory went on until it was finally proved to be an illusion. (laughs) Copernicus said, the sun is the center and everything goes around that. And I think today, some Christians are still living under a Ptolemic illusion. They think their world, their world is the center of their universe. And it isn't. The sun is. Christ is. Christ is everything. And this morning, I hope He's the center of your life. I hope you are living in the realities of heaven. That our, 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 we're seeking not only things above, our mindset is on, on things above where Christ is seated. And when we're living there, then we begin to live this new life with Christ. I love reading dead people, men and women who love God more and more uh, than me. Uh, the Puritans of old. John Bunyan says this who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. How many of you guys have read The Pilgrim's Progress? Man, if you haven't, let me just propose a challenge to you. You can even order it in the revised regular English, or, you know, you can. it's not as hard to read. Um, but I would encourage you to read The Pilgrim's Progress multiple times throughout your life. But this is what John Bunyan says, the tinker preacher. If people really see that Christ has removed the fear of punishment from them, By taking it into himself, they won't do whatever they want. They'll do whatever he wants. Right? If if Christ is everything to us now as believers, 
When we're living, when our mindset is on things above, then then do we begin to live this new life with Christ. Philippians 1.21 says, For to me, to live is Christ, right? And to die is gain. Who would ever say things like that? To live is Christ, but to die is gain. To die is gain. And that leads us to our last question. Will you appear with Him in glory? Will you appear with Him in glory? Verse 4 says, When Christ who is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. When Christ returns in glory, the things that are now veiled will be illuminated in a bright light of glory. And we will be with Him. 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Right? I love that. When Christ is manifested in His presence, then all who share His life will share His glory. It's going to be a great day. And as I'm living for Him now, I want to purify myself just as He is pure. And how do I do that? Through His sure living Word. As I'm thinking upon it throughout the day. As I'm just soaking it in. Meditating on Scripture. Memorizing Scripture. God is transforming me. He's transforming us into His likeness. Everything will be made manifest and clear when Christ comes. And what we see dimly now will be clearly seen when Christ returns. Good news that our life is hidden with Christ. But one day, it will be gloriously manifest to all the universe to see. It's hidden now in Christ with God, right? It's going to become a reality. And that's a sure reality for us. It's a sure reality for us. Christ is coming back and and then we will be revealed with Him in glory. Philippians 3.20 to 21 but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself first corinthians 1 7 and 8 so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our lord jesus christ who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an encouragement. He will sustain us to the end. And these great truths not only give us security for today, but also hope for tomorrow. Isn't Our hope is secure in Christ. I don't know if that encourages you this morning. I hope it does. But now it encourages us to live a life that's pleasing to Him. And the Lord Jesus Christ is life itself. He springs up 
within my heart rising to eternity. May that be a, a fact for us daily. Second Corinthians 4, 14 and 15 says this, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. As grace increases and extends to more and more people, as God is doing his saving work that only he can do to rise a dead man to life, what should increase more and more in his church and his people? Thanksgiving to the glory of God. Because life is not about us, it's fully about Him. That's where our mindset needs to be. And as we think about these truths this week, guys, read Colossians 3, 1 through 4 again. Read it again and again. And at the bottom of your, of your sermon notes, you have more scripture to look at this week. Romans 8, you see them all there. Get in the Word. Allow scripture to just envelop your thinking. Have your mindset be on heavenly things. On God's word. And what we're going to see, if you guys are still there in Colossians 3, you're going to see these things. You're going to see God change you to become more like Him Himself. Verse 12 in Colossians chapter 3 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In your homes. Put on hymns and psalms and spiritual songs on YouTube. We have that playing often throughout the Delisi home. Be having our mindset on things above where Christ is seated. Be seeking the things above. So that now your life is being transformed into Christ's likeness. And what, what is some of that? You're going to be thankful. You're going to be living in wisdom. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17, whenever you do. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wow, such good news, right? I've been doing something a little bit different on these uh, Sunday mornings. Been able to preach. And uh, we're going to stand for a closing benediction from God's Word. And uh, just as we think about Scripture through Colossians 3, 1 through 4, we're thinking about this, this new life with Christ. I'm going to read from 1 Peter 1, 3-9. Just listen. And then we're going to pray. and We're going to stay standing as we respond to the Lord in worship through song. 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, 
kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of of your souls. Let's pray. Father, what a glorious truth. What a glorious gospel. What a glorious salvation, Lord. Father, thank you so much for the promises of your word. Thank you that we have been raised up with Christ. That you call us to seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at your mighty right hand in a place of glory and honor and power, that we would have our mindset on things above. Lord, for we have died. Father, and our life is hidden with Christ in you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much that our, our salvation is secure in you. Father, as we go this week, may your word flood our hearts and our minds that we might live for you, no longer live for ourselves, Lord. That we would also cling to the fact and the truth for the future that just as Christ will be revealed, we also will be revealed with him when he comes. Thank you so much for salvation. Thank you so much for your glory. That you are a God who is seated on the throne. You deserve worship. May we worship you as a response to your word going forth this morning. Fill us, Lord, please. May our lives overflow with gratitude to you, the one true King. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.com. Org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org Have a great day in the Lord and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.